College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Hi, I'm Tyler Boss, one of the narrators on the Abide app, a premium ad-free biblical meditation experience. Join the millions of people who download the Abide app to reduce stress, improve sleep, and experience the peace of God every day. You can text the word PEACE to 22433 for a seven-day free trial of Abide. Just text PEACE to 22433, and you'll likely hear from me again on the app as I guide you through daily meditations or help you fall asleep and experience the peace of God. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, on this tumultuous roster cutdown day is my partner in crime. You know him. You love him as the lead NFL writer for Heavy.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, literally right as I'm about to hit record, the news flashes across the wire. Laramie Tunsil has been traded not to the Broncos, but to the Houston Texans, along with Kenny Stills. So John Elway had a swing at that. The, the Dolphins were lying all along. They really did have him on the trading block. Elway had an opportunity, but whatever they were asking, I'm not sure what the asking price was, what they got for that for that trade, but Elway was too rich for his blood. Yeah, supposedly they're getting a first-rounder and a bunch of picks, and uh, and it's a te- Kenny Stills and Tunsil to the Texans. It's in one day, Bill O'Brien pulled a John Gruden and completely remade his roster, trading Jadavian Clowney uh, to the t- Seattle Seahawks for a couple th- a third-round pick and a couple players. It's a massive development, and you know, no players are untouchable, Chad. That's the one takeaway here. The Dolphins have been talking about, even though they're rebuilding and tanking, that he's a franchise player, he's not going anywhere, and I'm actually kind of surprised because he is your blindside protector. He was under team control. He's one of the best tackles in the NFL. You're going to have a young quarterback next year at the earliest. So, um, you know, they have a plan, but I'm still surprised they traded him. He's a really good player. You know, Jadeveon Clowney, for me, I I understand all the hype he had coming out of of college as the number one pick from South Carolina and all that. But, like, to me, he's he's always been – He's, he's phenomenal in terms of his potential. Like, at any given moment, he could just, like, snap and take over a, a, a snap, a rep, a game sometimes. We've seen him take over games. But he's never been that consistent stud that you would have expected him to become as a former number one overall pick, like your, you know, like your Julius Peppers of the world and even your Vaughn Millers of the world or your Khalil Mack. So if I'm the Houston Texans, I can understand ditching him, getting rid of him, getting something back for him because I still have – J.J. Watt. I'm with you on that. I never, obviously in college, he had that huge hit, which sparked his, you know, his draft stock. And he is a good player, but he's not a great player clowning to me. He's an impact player at times, but other times he disappears. He's not in Watt's 
category. Like you mentioned, he's on in, obviously, Von Miller, Khalil Mack category. He's a good player, and I still think the Seattle Seahawks made a good move for him, though. I mean, they got him for a song, and he's still going to make an impact for that defense. But I'm with you. I never thought he was worthy of being this, you know, $20 million a year guy or whatever, a record-setting guy. Our listeners tuned in not to hear what the Texans and the Dolphins and the Seahawks are doing. We understand that, you guys. You want to find out what our thoughts are on all the Denver Broncos moves on Friday and Saturday. We're going to get to that for you here in just a second. But first, make sure you are following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, especially for those of you who are new listeners. And we know this show is growing exponentially every day on Apple Podcasts and also on YouTube. So take care of that for you new guys. If you are on Apple Podcasts, you're listening, make sure you leave us a a creative review and a five-star rating. We're still in the month of August, so you can get in on that giveaway that we're going to announce here in the next 24 hours or so. So go leave that creative review. And those of you who are on YouTube, you guys are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. I will say this, though. If you're not subscribing, take care of that business. Hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss anything. Fantasy football fans, you got to listen up. Do you want to join the biggest NFL season-long tournament ever? Of course you do. If you love fantasy football, and we know you do, then you need to enter the $3.5 million best ball championship on draft. That's right, $3.5 million in real money. It is absolutely enormous. It's huge. It's season-long. But there's no management. You just set it, you forget it. So instead of agonizing over your lineup every single Sunday, Draft does the analysis for you, gives you the most efficient, best odds to win your matchup lineup week in and week out. You do a draft, 16 weeks later, you could be a millionaire. Literally, it does not get any easier than that. It's the highest rated fantasy app, and it's available on the App Store and Google Play Or you can just go online to draft.com. For a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code HUDDLE. That's right. A free shot at a million dollars just by using our promo code HUDDLE when you make your first deposit on Draft. Also a phenomenal way to support the Huddle Up podcast. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to draft.com and come play free with promo code HUDDLE. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, let's first, before we dive into the quarterbacks and the 53-man roster and all that, let's just dial it back really quick to Friday in which the Broncos cut 12 players. And it was headlined by, you know, Sua Cravens. Obviously, we had we had prepared, I think, the, our listeners for that eventuality. But also a couple of uh, former draft picks. You had Brendan Langley gone, David Williams gone. You know, Williams they'd already cut a year ago, and he came back in kind of as a flyer right before or right as I should say training camp was starting so that's no big loss to the team but on that first day with Friday Sua Cravens I mean I think the writing was on the wall but what were your thoughts on Friday's activity for the Broncos 
I didn't think there were too many surprises Friday. I, there were there were a few Saturday that I thought, uh, you know, that weren't great in my opinion that I kind of disagree with. Friday, though, is they're trimming the fat. That's what they do. It's the first round of cuts. They don't have the first, you know, league-wide round of cuts anymore. So the Broncos just cut the players that were obvious candidates to be released. And uh, Cravens, yeah, we've been talking about it, Chad, for a while now on the pod. He just did not do enough to ever endear himself to Vic Fangio. He never learned the safety position. There's other players on the roster who are more valuable and more versatile. And uh, they'll be fine without him, I feel like. But ultimately, in the round of cuts in the group, nothing really jumped out at me. Yeah. I mean, Brendan Langley, he just – there was some optimism at the top of, let's say, OTAs that because of his speed and just raw athleticism that he might be able to provide something that is missing in that Broncos wide receiver core. But as the team got through camp and got into the actual preseason games, it became apparent a, a few things with regard to Langley. One, his hands were way too inconsistent. And two, as a route runner, he's literally on level one right now. You know, as far as NFL – quality NFL caliber he's starting on ground level and that's what you would expect for a guy who played some receiver in college but then spent most of his time focused on corner first two years in the league he's a corner it's what you expect but for the Denver Broncos that ship has sailed the Brendan Langley era is officially over him getting waved on Friday signals the team has no intention of re-signing him to the practice squad I mean, nor should they. What did he really offer in that role? He can run really fast, but Chad, something we've been talking about since the Combine, when the news of his conversion came out, he was never a a good shot to stick on the final roster. He is not a well-rounded wide receiver, and I questioned the move when he ditched cornerback because he didn't like to turn around or whatever it was, flip his hips. He didn't like that, backing up, whatever he said. And that, to me, said you can't be committed to your own position, and you're going to turn around and play the offensive side now. So the fact that he never panned out, it's the least surprising uh, news of the day on Friday. Yeah, I think his quote was was he didn't like going backwards. Right. Come on, dude. Um, let's then move to Saturday, and I think what everyone wants to hear about first, we're also going to talk about what John Elway had to say about the intentions here over the next 24 to 36 hours here in just a minute. But first, let's talk about the quarterbacks. Now, the first head to roll, if you will, was Kevin Hogan. And if you look at what he did in his well, he appeared in all five preseason games for the Broncos. I mean, he hovered right at 50% completion. And if you're, again, you guys have heard me joke about this many times that he's not a fail-safe. He's a fail-danger. I mean, if you're looking at him as your your uh, security blanket in case something happens to Flacco, 50% completion in preseason going against second, third, and fourth team competition, that just doesn't cut the mustard. He just simply wasn't good enough. And even though he's got the Stanford ties and even though he had, quote-unquote, the most NFL experience besides Flacco, he just wasn't good enough. So Broncos cut bait, and for a second there, for a few moments, it was like, okay, maybe Brett Rippon has a shot. <laughs> maybe the Broncos have talked themselves into, look, it's unlikely we're going to have to lean on that backup, so let's go with the upside guy, but it wasn't to be. Brett Rippon was waived. However, the team hopes to re-sign him to the practice squad, provided he passes through waivers. God, I'm so tired of hearing about Kevin Hogan's uh, quote-unquote experience and his Stanford ties, and I'm so happy I don't have to worry about that anymore, Chad. 
No offense to him, but he's a remarkably unremarkable passer. He did nothing overwhelmingly good in the preseason, and the only reason he lasted this long was because Drew Locke hurt himself. That's point blank. That's the truth. I wish him well in his future endeavors. Uh, he was never a long shot to be with the Broncos for more than just you know a bridge year or so. Rippin, that was not surprising to me either. He also did not develop, I think, and you think, Chad, and I think some Broncos fans think, like he should have maybe not ahead of schedule, but maybe a little behind schedule. He still has some work to do. He has the ceiling of a long-term number two in the NFL, and you have a role for that on this team. He's just not ready quite yet. The hope is that you can hide him on the practice squad, and I think his preseason was mediocre enough where they can get away with that this year. While we're on the topic of quarterbacks, we'll get to some of the other maybe more surprising cuts. While we're, we're still on the topic of quarterbacks, though, Elway, of course, and Fangio met with the media immediately following the 2 p.m. deadline on Saturday. And, you know, he basically said, yeah, we, uh, we're going to be looking at, you know, adding someone there, obviously, because j- right now the only healthy quarterback you have on the roster is Joe Flacco. He said not only that, that they're looking, but also that the plan is, and he's already had the conversation with Drew, but Drew Locke is going on short-term IR. And according to Elway, though, he said that the only thing that he's not going to be able to do is is uh, practice, that he'll be able to be in on the meeting. So there's at least that. But even if he's feeling better, the problem, Zach, is even if Locke's feeling better or good enough to spin it three, four weeks from now, he can't practice till eight weeks from now. That's the bittersweet aspect of going on injured reserve. However, the upside is the Broncos now have a roster spot that they can play with while Locke's getting healthy. So your thoughts on that? There's also a quick report that uh, Brian Hoyer, who has ties, of course, to Rich Gangarello in San Francisco, who was cut by the New England Patriots, the Broncos might have some interest there. I'm kind of disappointed because we talked about it on the pod. He made a great point that he can't practice and fully participate with the team and really be involved. And it is, to an extent, going to hinder his progress. But finally, at least we got some clarity, Chad, from Elway as to how long he's going to be out, as to how significant his injury is. He said about six to eight weeks. So this bad thumb sprain really was bad. That wasn't hyperbole. It sounds like there was maybe some ligament damage that could have been involved. But midseason now, the hope is that he'll be healthy enough to back up Joe Flacco. And, you know, regardless, if Flacco goes down, this season was going to be over anyway. So if they can get by eight weeks, it, it wouldn't matter if he can be available now or even then. We just have to hope that he can still keep his head in the playbook and keep those mental reps coming because his progress is so important, not just now, but for the future of the Broncos organization. What are your thoughts on Hoyer? Now, obviously, for me, you know, he's not exactly uh, inspiring in terms of if you were, if you were factoring him into a starting conversation, man, you'd be in trouble, right? But as a failsafe, as a true and literal failsafe behind Joe Flacco, I think you know he's about right in that pocket of what the Broncos in terms of spending the money, holding the roster spot short term. He's about as good of an option, I think, as the Broncos can get because not only does he have playing and starting experience in the NFL, but he's got experience with Rich Gangarello. The scheme is going to be familiar. Some of the verbiage might be slightly different, but it won't take him long. He's a smart guy to get up to speed there. Yeah, you touched on it, Chad. Very smart quarterback. Uh, Bill Belichick liked him in New England, and I, you know, it's, I'm not crazy about him. He's not going to put any butts in seats, and he's not going to sell tickets, but I like him better than a Brock Osweiler, better than a Mark Sanchez, better than an Austin Davis, better than a Kevin Hogan. So if he's going to be the, the number two right now, if he's a veteran guy, I say go for it. All right, let's get to some of the other 
let's just say, more surprising or guys who kind of were on the bubble in terms of we, we could be having this conversation and not be stunned that they made the roster as well as being cut? We already talked about Sua Cravens, but Jamal Carter. Now, he kind of got the death knell in terms of being asked to switch positions two weeks before the final cutdowns were scheduled. He did not make the cut. The Broncos officially waived him. Now, there's a chance he could be re-signed to the practice squad, Zach, but do you think that's you know that ship has sailed? Is it time to just turn the page on Jamal Carter? I hope not. I, I do hope he comes back. He has really good versatility for this team, not just on defense but also special teams. Unfortunately, the Broncos were – making some difficult choices in the linebacking core in the secondary. It just didn't work out for Carter, who's coming back from a season-ending injury last year. But I hope he does resurface on the practice squad and he'd be just one injury away from being called up. And I still believe in his talent. If he got the opportunity, he could blossom into maybe not a starter, but definitely a decent contributor, basically what Sua Craven should have been, minus all the the baggage that he came with. All right. Also, Keyshawn Bieria, he was a guy that, to me, just – he, he never flashed. He never did anything, really, aside from this, his one play on the goal line in preseason that Fangio said, yeah, at least we know he can you know stop a guy for two yards. you know." <laughs> and we laughed about that. But unfortunately for, for the guy they call KB, he was waived on Saturday. There's a chance he could be re-signed. But instead of him, it sounds like the Broncos are going to go after a former sixth-round pick from the past in – actually, I think Nelson, Corey Nelson was a seventh-round pick now that I think about it. But – whereas Bieria was a 2018 sixth-round pick. What are your thoughts on the idea of, you know, the reality of Bieria getting waived and then the possibility of the Broncos re-signing and rekindling things with Corey Nelson? First of all, as you know, Chad, and I think most Huddle Up Pod listeners know, I was never a big fan of the Bieria pick. I was never a big fan of him on this team, and the only reason he made it last year was because they carried an inexplicable six inside linebackers. I'm not, it's not a personal thing. I'm just happy he's gone. And this is the one player in Nelson. This is the one former player that I would support the Broncos bringing back. I wasn't crazy about bringing Kerr back, Billy Wynn. I would like Corey Nelson. In 2016 with the team, he allowed the second fewest yards per target and pass coverage in the entire NFL. This is a guy who thrives covering tight ends, covering running backs. That's still the Broncos' Achilles heel. I am all for this move. He's good on special teams. He's a good veteran uh, mentor in the locker room. He can help the younger players. I would love this addition for, for Denver. Honestly, one of the biggest surprises, or probably the biggest surprise cut for me on Saturday, it wasn't the area. It was Sam Jones, who the Broncos mm-hmm. waived. Now, he's obviously a guy they're going to try and they're going to hope they can re-sign to the practice squad because he's only a year and a half removed from being a, a sixth-round pick himself. And uh, But Sam Jones, the bottom line is, as a rookie, he performed and looked a lot better in the preseason than he did this last, you know, these, this past summer. So, unfortunately for him, the ticker, the arrow, was pointing in the wrong direction and the guys that the Broncos chose to go with as the interior guy, Austin Schlotman, he just outplayed him this summer. He did. And Sam Jones really hasn't come you know, along as I think the Broncos hoped. And that's another pick that you and I, Chad, looked at each other and kind of scratched our heads about. The Broncos waited that long in that draft to nab Sam Jones, I think, in the sixth round. And, um, you know, he, he's, he was a, a project, a, a developmental player. And if Mike Munchak, though, doesn't deem him worthy of making the 53, then you have to take into stock where he is right now. And maybe he is a practice squad caliber player. Maybe Schlopman's better. But we have to take the coaching staff's opinion 
and just hope that they're making the right choice. But I didn't see much from Sam Jones either. Personally, he didn't jump out to me on tape. Schlopman, we talked about in the last pod in the finale, I had a decent game in the interior. Yeah. We still got a lot to get to today, a lot more cuts that we absolutely have to analyze for you guys. But first, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach, let's touch on another one I think that broke some hearts in Broncos country, and that was Kalfani Muhammad was cut loose. And he's a guy that the Broncos are going to hope they can re-sign to the practice squad. But he had a couple of really strong games in the preseason. You know, I'm thinking specifically about the Hall of Fame game and then the finale game. And the most recent one, that's going to be, you know, the recency bias of it. That's going to be the tape flashing across the screen of coaches around the NFL and GMs. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets claimed. If not, though, I think the plan is for the Broncos. They want to re-sign him to the practice squad, put him on ice in case things, you know, the injury bug strikes the the uh, active roster this season. Yeah, I, I would like that a lot if they can hide him there, but I don't think they will. He had a really, really tremendous preseason, and he put enough on tape where I think it's him in need of a running back. Maybe like the Texans uh, could come along and maybe poach him, but uh, it, it's a tough call. And Devontae Booker wins again. He survives another round and lives to fight another day. And they're going into the season with him as the clear-cut number three. I, I would have liked to have Muhammad on the roster. I like what he brings to the table. He's a very quick, tri- quick twitch and explosive athlete. You just can't carry this many backs on the 53 including Janovich at fullback so it's it's a numbers game it's a tough Let, call let's let's talk about the fact that uh, that's another you know probably a minority within Broncos country was hoping uh, that they were going to carry the other fullback George Aston but he got waived and I've been trying to tell fans since you know it kind of dawned on me at first when when the news broke that Janovich had a peck and that he was going to be you know, whatever it was, six to eight weeks. I thought, ooh, that's good for George Aston. But then it didn't take much longer beyond that for it to, to dawn on me that, look, you can – are you going to really carry two? If you can get Andy Janovich back sometime in the month of September, why not just have a tight end play that, you know, H-back slash fullback role when you need it? That's exactly the way the Broncos ended up dicing this thing up in terms of their logic. He's gone, but he's another guy, especially with Janovich being in a contract year, Zach – that I would expect the Broncos to probably resign because he actually had a really strong summer. He's, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of fullback ability and size and what he can bring to the table, I mean, he's not the athlete that Janovich is. He's not the impact player from a skill perspective with the ball in his hand that Janovich is, but for a C linebacker, hit linebacker, open up a whole lead blocker type thing and maybe catch a pass or two out of the backfield every, you know, couple, two, three games. Broncos could do worse, so I think he's going to be another target they hope to bring back. Yeah, fullback is really a dying position in the NFL, and if there were any other team, I wouldn't give him a good shot, but this is the Broncos, and Scangarello loves to employ fullbacks, and they still believe in them, uh, so I feel like he'll get you know maybe a shot there, but ultimately, Denver made the right call, maybe using a tight end as a blocker, getting by without Janovich. They certainly can. They have the horses on offense. They made the right decision and used that spot for somebody else. Kelvin McKnight, Trinity Benson, we were curious to see if one of those guys were going to push River Craycraft off this roster, especially Kelvin McKnight, I think, because he did show some ability, some propensity as a returner, but at the end of the day, the Broncos went with the guy who they trusted the most to at least haul in the punt returns in River Craycraft, and uh, who also offers probably a little bit more out of the gates in terms of ability and and skill set as a receiver. Because especially that last game, I mean, it's not that he was making huge play after huge play, Craycraft, 
but I love the way he runs routes. He's very savvy. He's very smart in terms of being able to find that soft spot in the zone. And he just knows what to do once he gets the ball in his hands in terms of getting upfield. And, you know, he's got just enough wiggle to make guys miss. So the Broncos went with the safer bet, I think, there in Craycraft. But do you think they made the right decision? Yeah, I'm with you on him, too. I've always been kind of a sneaky fan of Craycraft's game. He's like a, uh, a poor man's version of Wes Welker. It's that... That slot target, not going to mention any sort of skin color, but that's what he can bring to the table. He's a good punt returner also. He's a sure-handed guy, and that's what it's impressed me. With all the Brendan Langleys of the world and Isaiah McKenzie's, he's a pair of sure hands back there. He might never break 50, 60-yard returns, but if he can get 10 yards in a first down like Fangio wants, I think he earned his keep on offense and specials. I'm with them, making him the number six guy for now, though. Elway did caution that the punt returner's job is still up in the air. There's a chance that the guy is not on the roster yet. But temporarily, I'm cool with having Craycraft in that role. And I know a lot of fans had a soft spot for Fred Brown, especially with that big game to end the preseason. But the problem with him is, you know, he's a guy that if you can, you try and get him back on the on the practice squad because he's technically a first-year player. He's got plenty of eligibility left there. But he just didn't bring – he wasn't quite a dominant enough force as a receiver to push Winfrey off that fifth spot, and he brought no special teams value as a returner. So – you know, if someone goes down higher up the depth chart, he's a guy you'd like to have ready to go on the practice squad. But he was strong enough, I think, this summer that it wouldn't surprise me if he catches on somewhere else. Yeah, I hope, though, the Broncos can find a way to keep him because he had good uh, chemistry with the Broncos rookie quarterbacks this preseason. And you can always have a guy on the scout team that you can uh, develop with and have a confidence with throwing to. So I'd like the Broncos to keep him. But you're right. He put enough good film out there where he might get another shot. It's so fluid right now with all these cuts coming out. We don't know where anyone's going to land at this very moment. Let's focus more now on the way the actual 53 man technically today as we're recording this on Saturday immediately following the deadline the Broncos are sitting at 52 guys on the roster as it stands so let's let's focus on that for a second and any implications that we can derive from that and the first thing I want to touch on here is the fact that DeMonte Thomas man he picked literally the worst possible time to get a knee injury because he was going to be that fourth safety that was who the Broncos had in mind but he gets the knee injury, ends up on crutches in the final week of the preseason, and it spells good news for Trey Marshall, who I've always been relatively high on Trey Marshall ever since the Broncos added him. However, I don't really think Marshall's summer was all that impressive in terms of his preseason performances. So he's a guy I could see the Broncos. You know, if I'm Trey Marshall, I'm stoked that I made the the roster, quote-unquote, out of camp, but I'm not resting on any laurels. I'm not getting comfortable because – I just didn't show enough this summer, I don't think. So he's a guy that that I think you got to – he's a guy I think the Broncos are going to be looking at possible upgrades around the league. It's not as big a priority as some of the other positions we've already talked about. But DeMonte Thomas, man, that was a bummer. I was hoping he could – you know, this year would be his – as his third year in the league, his leap forward, so to speak. Yeah, you and I are both pretty big fans of DeMonte Thomas's game, and, and rightfully so. He makes plays back there. He's a rangy defender. The Broncos kind of hedged their bets, though, by picking up Duke Dawson from the Patriots. He's a corner, but he can also play some safety, as Elway mentioned today. So more versatility back there in that secondary. Kareem Jackson's going to play some safety, too, at corner. They have Will Parks on the roster. Uh, They're in pretty good shape, though. It just sucks for Thomas personally to go down at that time. The way the offensive line decision-making went down, you know, we knew who the the five locks were going to be. Well, six when you count Elijah Wilkinson. 
It was a little bit of a, an upset, I would say, for Austin Schlotman to push Sam Jones off the roster. But then the biggest surprise, clearly, is Jake Rogers making this roster out of camp. But similarly to uh, Marshall, he's a guy, Rogers, that the Broncos are going to be looking for of any means possible, I think, to upgrade that other swing tackle position. But the one thing maybe helping Rogers at this stage, Zach, is that he spent time with Mike Munchak in Pittsburgh at a previous stop for him on his on his NFL uh, career. So he might have a little bit more cred in in that coaching room in terms of a guy maybe not pounding on the table for him, but tapping on the table like, hey, you know, let's keep this guy. <laughs> but uh, I was kind of surprised to see him make this roster. I am too. He he was pretty dreadful in the preseason to me, Chad. He was blown by by opposing linemen for sacks. He was allowing pressures left and right. I would look for the Broncos, and I would hope they do upgrade this spot. There's two Cowboys linemen, though, that were just released by Dallas, and we all know how much the Broncos like them with Chad Green, Ronald Leary. It's uh, Mitch Hyatt and Jake Campos. So if there's two out linemen out there right now for the Broncos to kind of pilfer through, I would look in Dallas's direction because I'm not a fan of Jake Rogers personally, and I'm not comfortable with him as the backup swing tackle behind Garrett Bowles and uh, Jawan James. All right, let's also take a look here at what the Broncos decided to do at inside linebacker. So, of course, Todd Davis, Josie Jewell, but they ended up carrying five for now, and that's including Joe Jones, Alexander Johnson, and Josh Watson. Now, I'm not sure. I think if you if you sign Corey Nelson, Josh Watson's probably off the roster, or if Joe Jones gets put on IR. I don't remember Elway speaking to Joe Jones' situation specifically during his presser. Did I miss something there? I think he mentioned that Jandovich and Jones are going to avoid going on IR. So they're going to just carry them onto the 53. Okay. So that being the case, I guess there's a, a chance the Broncos, because they're going to be carrying just two quarterbacks for a while, there's a chance they could go long again at inside linebacker and carry six guys if they end up signing Corey Nelson. Or at worst, I think the implication is possibility Josh Watson gets waived and then re-signed to the squad. Yeah, if they can bring him back to the practice squad, that'd be great. He really had a nice summer, chat. a local guy from Colorado State. I like his game, and they might go long for a little while temporarily. They can carry five or six, and then when Todd Davis gets healthy and Joe Jones gets healthy, they might perch from the roster there. But I hope the Broncos can find a way to keep Nelson and Watson both. Good players. Once again, an undrafted rookie makes this roster out of camp in Malik Reed. We knew that was happening. We knew that was coming, so it's no surprise but it's still a great story to see this kid come in and just wreck shop. He's got some some sneaky ability, and I'll admit this was a guy that I was, at least for now it appears, was was clearly wrong on. Because after the Bron- I mean, when the Broncos signed him, I knew absolutely nothing about Malik Reed. And I went to the tape that was available, which there's plenty of them available on YouTube at Nevada, and it must have just been a poor selection of games I chose to watch because his cut-ups that I, that I chose – just weren't inspiring to me one way or another. And so he's definitely taken to the coaching from the Denver Broncos this summer. I'm sure the tips he's getting from Miller, from Chubb. And he has just looked like a almost a – he doesn't have the same long arms as Elvis Dumerville, but he reminds me size-wise of Dumerville in terms of he's shorter than all of his opponents that are tackles, and he can just get under their pads with leverage and just bull rush him into the quarterback and make a play. Yeah, this was a guy who should have been drafted. This was a guy who the Broncos had a mid-round grade on, and they got him as an undrafted free agent. It's just an insanely good value for him, insanely good pickup, and it's Elway turning over every rock and finding another gem. And we both 
liked Jeff Holland. That's why we kind of pushed Malik Reed off to the side. We liked Holland's upside in this system. We saw what he did last year. We saw what he can. We think we could, he could have done with Vic Fangio, but it never panned out that way. Reed has really taken to this Broncos system. He's blossomed throughout the summer, and he already has a nickname from Von Miller, the Dream Killer the quarterback dream killer. I mean, is there anything more epic than that from an undrafted rookie pairing him with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller? It's just the rich get richer there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Could be the second coming of Shaquille Barrett and maybe even a better player with more upside in terms of athleticism and just raw ability than Shaquille Barrett and Mr. Malik Reed. Now, another great story. Local boy makes good. Mike Purcell, as his last final two games, especially in the preseason, kind of portended. He made the 53-man roster. Deshaun Williams was cut. Demarcus Walker made it, I think, by the skin of his teeth, if we're being honest. I mean, both you and I have been happy with what we've seen from Walker this year. We've been rooting for him the last couple of years. But I think it was Walker on this roster and not Williams by virtue of that draft pedigree. So here's to hoping that Walker can really capitalize on this opportunity. But if you look at who the Broncos chose to keep defensively on this roster – These are your quote-unquote Fangio guys. These are the guys Fangio thinks he can make some hay, not only from scheme fit, versatility, all that stuff, but also in terms of culture that he is trying to instill in Denver. Purcell's a great story, too, because he really flashed the last couple weeks. He was a relative no one for the first couple weeks of camp, and then he just came on in the preseason and caught the coaching staff's attention, caught the fans' attention, and he brings a lot to this defensive line. They cut Zach Kerr. They need a run-stopping guy. That's him. They have Demarcus Walker, who's a pass rusher. They have Derek Wolf, Shelby Harris, Adam Gotts. I mean, Draymond Jones. This line is stacked. And so many different players can do different things on this defensive line. And in Vic Fangio's scheme, Walker— I've been a bigger fan of his than most other people, but I really do feel like it's his coming out party this year. Maybe not a 10-sack season, but I can definitely see five, six sacks from Demarcus Walker being a consistent, menacing presence in the middle and helping out Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. I think Walker had a stronger preseason than Draymond Jones, but you got to expect that for a guy in his third year compared to a rookie. You know, Jones flashed at times, but even if he you know, appeared to have fallen flat on his face throughout the entire preseason as a third-round pick... He was making this roster. So I can only think of, well, I'm not going to go down that road, but good for Demarcus Walker, good for Mike Purcell, Highlands Ranch kid that makes it to this roster. Let's touch on two more things, and we're out of here for today. Is John Elway said, aside from Drew Locke, the other two guys who are going on IR are Theo Riddick, the running back, and Jake Butt. Which of those two guys do you think, Zach, is the Bron- the Broncos might be eyeing more realistically as a short-term person to return eight weeks into this year. Because you can designate I, two, right? Yeah, and Drew Locke is apparently one of them. So I, I would have to assume that's Theo Riddick. I mean, they signed him. They gave him a pretty good guarantee on his deal to be that third-down running back, that pass catcher, and his injury just complicated matters. But he's further along, I have to think, than Jake Butt, who had his second setback after his third ACL surgery. This is a guy who's probably going to be, I don't want to say redshirted for another year, but probably going to miss the entire season. So if there's one guy that's going to be left out and forced to miss the entire year, unfortunately, that's Jake Butt. And then you really have to start thinking and questioning and wondering about his NFL career, his NFL future. What left does he have in the tank? Do the Broncos move on next offseason? It's really murky right now for Butt. So he's going to end up on injured reserve probably on Sunday, and that's going to leave the Broncos with three tight ends and for a couple of weeks, no fullback availability. So 
That's another position I think this team is going to be scouring the wire to look to add one more body there because they cut, of course, Orson Charles. So, you know, that pretty much, I think, does it. We covered everything that happened Friday, Saturday, the cuts themselves, the trade for Duke Dawson, the formulation of the 53, uh, 53-man roster, which guys are ending up on IR. Now, it's only part of the story, right? This isn't the quote-unquote final 53-man roster. In fact, once the regular season starts, it's never final. Roster moves are made throughout the year, especially as injuries begin to take their toll. But for the Broncos especially, there's so many moving parts because of the injuries that they're going to they're gonna be making some moves on Sunday and potentially on Monday as well. So what that means for us as a podcast is tomorrow you're going to have a fresh episode of the Dove Valley Deep Divers with Eric and Lance waiting for you. And then Zach and I, because it's Labor Day, we are going to take Monday off probably. There's a, there's a slight chance we might have a podcast for you. It just depends on how heavy the news is tomorrow and if it's really hopping you know we'll get together real quick but i myself i'm heading for the hills i'm gonna go camping with the with the family on uh, sunday so if enough happens that justifies a podcast zach and i will get together before i head out of town to drop you guys a pod so you have something on monday if not though you expect us to return with a fresh podcast for you on tuesday and in the meantime Make sure you're following everything that Zach and I are publishing on your Denver Broncos. We are covering this team every move. MileHighHuddle.com. Make sure you have that bookmarked and all the great work that Zach is doing at Heavy.com. And the easiest way to stay on top of that is make sure you're following us on Twitter. Zach is at KelbermanNFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. And then for always in terms of staying on top of the latest with the, with the podcast from a programming perspective, from the mailbag, just any news, the giveaways, the fantasy leagues, all that stuff, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. In the meantime, have yourselves a good remainder of the Labor Day weekend. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.